0: Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. So Margot the Cat's uh, ambassadorship, PR gifting, modeling roles. She's it's-
1: basically a feline influencer.
0: <laughs> a flip-flip I think if she could be bothered, she could be, actually. I've had another approach on behalf of dear little furry (laughs) Margot. But I've had to turn this one down. I've had to draw a line and say, no, Margot, it's not good for your image. Um, Cat bandanas. Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) I told you, didn't I? Cat people, and I'm aware I'm probably upsetting Mm. a huge number of people here. Including myself. Cat people. Unusual. I know, Unusual. I know. Where would bandanas come from for well, a cat? What do you do? What, she likes something, I, she's I, like being in the chili peppers or something like I that. I don't
0: quite she? know. I don't know whether it's rock, rock star bandana or or sort of grungy dog bandana. I don't know because I just took one look at it and thought, no, we're not going mm. there. It's too much. She has her own lovely furry pelt. She doesn't need any adornments. You've become a momager, haven't you? <laughs> yes. Like exactly. Chris Jet,
1: like um, the the, the um, Kardashians. Haven't yes, you, you are managing exactly Margot like Margot. that. I know. Yeah, you're going to be doing riders for her before she
0: leaves the house, That's, aren't you? All out of control. Hello, hello. Welcome to Postcards from Midlife. I'm Trish Halpin. And I'm Lorraine Candy, and we're on a mission to help you make the most of your magnificent
1: midlife. We'll be tackling everything from mind and body wellness to HRT and your sex drive. Trish and I are here to help you have a stylish second act and answer all your midlife questions on fashion, beauty, careers, relationships, family, and as always, the
0: challenges and joys of parenting teens. Thanks everybody, all you lovely listeners, for joining us on the podcast this week. As always, we are aiming to brighten up your day with a little bit of midlife fun and frivolity. And today we're going to be talking about two of our favourite things, books and fashion. Before we do that, though, Lorraine, I wanted to tell you about something ghastly the teens are doing that's driving me a bit mad at the moment. Well, we
1: do like to bring our listeners the rough with the smooth, don't we? Because real life (laughs) does always manage to get in the way of the glamour,
0: doesn't it? However
1: hard we try. Do I need to brace
0: myself, Trish, well, for this revelation? It's a bathroom one, so it is rather oh, grossy. It's not rinsing out the sink after they've brushed oh. their teeth. I mean, it is just so revolting, coming across dried-on toothpaste and yeah. spit, flecked with bits of crunchy nut cornflakes. I mean, it you know, it doesn't take a lot to turn on a tap for 10 seconds and rinse out the sink, does it? Just marvel, because mine do that too. Hmm. That
1: after all the training, and and you know we are normal human beings with proper hygiene, and we do say things like "turn the tap on after you've cleaned your teeth," yes. but they still continue to do it. And also that and the loo flushing really upsets me. Oh, not well. flushing the loo! Never flushing oh, the loo! I used so to put little signs up saying "please flush the toilet." thing. <laughs> and also we found. This is a disgusting story as well. We found one of those little exfoliating gloves that you can yes. get behind the radiator in our bathroom oh. the other day. And it'd obviously been there for some time and was quite mm. smelly. But oh. who, who thinks, I'll just, I'll just put that
0: there. I'll just shove it. Do you think they probably put it on there to dry and then it fell down the back and it's all full of bits of skin particles and flakes, isn't it, I, from the exfoliating? Like- it wouldn't have been rinsed out. Oh No, it wouldn't have been, wouldn't have been rinse rinsed It would be all clogged really. up with, oh gosh, it is, uh, <laughs> it's It's rather unpleasant. But we've had a good bathroom one on the Facebook group this week from Paula, who posted a very funny little picture of the empty loo roll tube on the holder, just left on the holder, completely empty, right next to the bin. Um, of course, the teenager in her house couldn't manage to actually open the bin and put the cardboard in. Well, that would have been too
1: much like hard work. Um, Paula said she had no words for the situation, which I think we all understand. It's sort of Nick We had one where, you know, the milk cartons, they don't, oh, yes. to, they just mm-hmm. drink the end and then put them back in the fridge there was a uh, banana skin in the, in the fruit
0: bowl oh, yesterday. <laughs> They'd eaten the banana and just put the skin back <laughs> in the pot. you mean They just stood by the fruit bowl, opened, peeled yeah, the banana, stuffed yeah. it down and just shoved stuffed it back. It down. Oh yeah. God. But there was but a great reply. There, wasn't there was. There was Katie replied to Paula's uh, picture post and she said, I love this. I'm collecting every single empty loo roll ever left by my teenage sons in a secret storage location. And when they leave home, and get their own place i'm going to let myself in and fill their entire home with a lifetime's worth of empty loo roll tubes that's the attitude that's, that's the, way the way to do, do, it, do it. it
1: isn't it <laughs> i'm going to do it with all <laughs> the biscuits wrappers biscuit oh, packet God. wrappers where they just yes. put the wrapper back in the yes. cupboard as well They'll exactly. like a house exactly just rubbish. save them all up that is a very good idea I like the style katie now trish there's some great updates on your steam room confession mm-hmm. it's gone on and on it's taken on a life of its <laughs> own now you talked to us last week about how you were dancing in the steam room in your swimming costume while the yes. acra aerobics was going on in mm-hmm. front of you now meta i think is how you pronounce her name gave us a much better steam room story
2: than that <laughs> she'd
1: been trumped <laughs> listen to what she says i used to belong to a swanky gym in london and there i was sitting in only my towel on my own in the steam room and in walks Yourself, the one and only george michael uh, in a tiny town george in a tiny town i know just leave that in your mind for a bit i went even redder than i was before and then i didn't know what to do with myself so i left <laughs> i also she goes on i also got asked out by one of the levi 501 models in said steam room but that's another story now, oh this is goodness. a dangerous fantasy where <laughs> she's got the real world confused with the dream world,
0: or it's actually true and it's st- it
1: has trumped your steam. Room.
0: Well, this is what happens if you go to to swanky gyms. Unlike very unlike my gym, because the only man, um, the only male interaction really I've had in the steam room is this sort of bloke who, I think he must have been a cab driver because he just started asking me about my job, about my family, what I thought about Brexit. I was <laughs> just, just like. It's eight thirty in the morning and it is not the chat you want to be having with someone wearing speedos and manspreading across the bench. I mean, very unpleasant. Don't get me started on the man spreading in steam rooms, which Mm. I do find (laughs) quite
1: common and quite annoying. Mm. Anyway, we've hit the rock bottom with this chat now. Um, I think we need to inject some style and glamour into today's podcast proceedings. I'm really pleased to tell you that we'll be injecting some glamour with the aid of our special guest today, fashion and style queen Erica Davies, who's going to be answering all of your midlife
0: fashion dilemmas. I'm hoping you're going to be solving a dilemma for me, Lorraine, in our jibber-jabber chat, because um, I've been experiencing a reading drought. Uh, I'm not happy. I just I can't, I just can't settle down to a good book right now, and it's really upsetting me. So you are an avid reader. I think you're going to have to help me. It's my mission in life, Trish, to help you.
1: <laughs> I am, as you know, your phone-a-friend. Yes, Surely you know that by you now. You are
0: my WhatsApp-a-friend. Right. Let's get on with it.
1: Now, for today's Jibber Jabber, I have an announcement to make, Trish. Mm-hmm. I'm a bit giddy about it, to be honest, because it's um it's about something you and I love doing. Probably one of the things we bond over most, I think. Is it Martini, Maltesers, <laughs> or maybe Margot? All the M's, I'm thinking. <laughs> no, today I'm going to Jibber Jabber about books. Now, mm. did you know, Trish, that the average person reads about 14 books a year? Now... I've got to read about three books a week because I've been asked to to be one of the five judges of the 2022 Women's Prize for
0: Fiction. Oh, that's brilliant! Congratulations to you. That's because you're a writer. You're you're an author. You're a writer officially. Stop saying these things out loud. I've
1: got to get through. It looks like about fifty books oh by my March. Gosh. Now I'm terribly honoured. I'm a bit nervous because the prize is so helpful for female authors. Winning it usually puts them at the top of the bestseller list. The prize mm. money is thirty thousand pounds, and it's a game changer for new oh, well, that, authors.
0: That is amazing. And we do actually know quite a lot about the prize because we had uh, the co-founder Kate Moss, the writer, yes. the author, on the show earlier this season, and she was so passionate about the prize, which was first awarded in nineteen ninety six and previous winners have included some of my favourites like Maggie O'Farrell, Ali Smith, Naomi Alderman, A.M. Holmes, Zadie Smith, of course. And uh, it's just amazing, the list. Um, But how, honestly, Lorraine, I don't know how you fit all of this stuff in because you're already flat out with the cold water swimming, shouting at the teens, all your Instagramming, your social media, doing this podcast. So, it's quite amazing. How are you fitting it in? Because I'm not really doing as much as that. I've only got half the number of kids. And it's making me a bit sad because I, I've lost my reading mojo. I know. sad, isn't it? Yeah. Um, how I, I, did you lose your mojo, well, you reading mojo? I, it's funny because it's interesting you say that the average is 14 books a year that most people read. I, I think I'm well below that this year, which is probably the first time in, in, in forever. You. And I think the problem is that because the structure of my days has changed, working from home, sort of working part time, doing bits and pieces here and there, and the whole lockdown situation. And it's almost like my time has gone out of sync. And the whole thing about giving ourselves permission to rest, which we talked about on the podcast last week. And I'm not allowing myself like just half an hour in the day to sit down and maybe read a book which is probably what I should do and like when I was commuting I used to read my books on the commute I'd be like to hell with the emails and things I'll do that when I get to the office I used to read it was a real pleasure so I'm missing that that Mm -hmm. time so I think it's a time versus permission versus rest situation so I mean what
1: advice have you got for me well we go through phases don't we um I think of reading I should read tons as a teenager loads in my 20s and then obviously when you have kids you don't Really have time to read them, and it feels a bit like that now, doesn't it? You have to really give mm. yourself permission. So I've discovered something because I was a little bit overwhelmed when these two massive boxes of books oh, arrived, yeah, and yes. I thought, "Oh my gosh!" And I did a bit of the maths and thought that I, you know, this is
0: and you want to do pile. them justice because it's really important. yes, it's right? so
1: important yeah. for people, and I know what. Passion, and you know, sometimes books take years to write as well. So, i feel quite personally mm. <laughs> that I have to make sure that I'm properly reading them. But you know what? I've already read 10 in two what? weeks. What,
0: what about You've that? Eh?
1: The number of books I've read in a year in the last yes. four, couple of weeks, months. Yeah, so <laughs> <That's amazing>. um, <laughs> I basically had to sit down and habit stack, which we have mm. talked about um, before. And I've come up with something which I call. Literary snacking.
0: oh a bit like exercise snacking that Nell McAndrew talked yes. about the other week. Yes.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things. Once you start, then you're on a roll and you, and you mm-hmm. kind of um get going. So I might do a chapter when I first wake up. That'll be the first mm-hmm. thing I do before you get out of bed. Yep. oh light like, okay. on, read chapter. I'll have moments during the day like when the kettle's boiling or cooking or something where I'll have the book you know where the cookbooks normally go resting on something I'll be putting Mm -hmm. my book there and I might read a few pages and it just keeps moving you on and you want to know what happens next and then I've started to just not feel guilty about going upstairs to read a book while everyone else is watching telly Mm. because it's such an odd thing to go and read a book you feel a bit like you're doing something terribly wrong (laughs) I do that I get up early one morning a week and sort of put in an hour to read them I've cut back on a little bit of exercise and I'll do instead of doing 45 minutes I'll do sort of 15 minutes of reading and then half an hour of whatever kind of Mm outdoor Mm-hmm. exercise I was going to do and um, it's quite extraordinary actually because once you get started and you can read in the bath and I am reading on the tube and things when I'm going out and about as well mm-hmm. and I put my phone down doing a lot a lot less scrolling and fluffing about on Facebook mm-hmm. that's
0: and good I'm pleased Facebook. about that yes. <laughs> yes
1: it just makes you you really get into it and then mm-hmm. when you're when you're moving from style to style to style as well you it really makes you it just kind of wakes you up from a kind yeah. of reading point of view I'm not sure I mean I don't think I've read the winner yet um mm-hmm. and we You'll read all these books, and then they're all read by at least two people, um, and then we have to reread after the long list, which we make in March, and it gets announced in mm-hmm. June next year. But it's a real sort of learning curve because there's so many different books out there. And there's about four books I've read that I just would never have bought ever right. in a million years. And actually, one of them is so brilliant. I'm, it, I feel a bit ashamed that I wouldn't have got that book when oh, I walked okay. into a bookshop. Um yeah. So it's opened my mind to things. Yeah,
0: so I think that's the thing because we can get into Kind of the same routines of who we read what types of books we read yeah. so I think I need to be shaken up a bit with with that but it's interesting what you say about like I think what I need to do is devote a bit of time to getting into a book because quite yeah. often it's getting through the the first few pages and once you get into it you pick up the page because so my sister lent me this book called um The Other Bennett Sister by Janice yes. Hadlow and it's about Mary Bennett so Elizabeth Jane's sister Pride and Prejudice it's her story and takes it on and she was the sort of bookish mousy glasses wearing one. And it was six hundred pages, and I was like, "You've got to be joking! I, I, can't, I can't read it." But because we went away for a couple of days, I had an hour to just sit down in the afternoon and get into it, and it really took off from there. So I just think it's it's that, isn't it? But our Facebook group, we did put this on the Facebook group and asked oh, they people, are didn't we? Aren't they very good? Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of suggestions. Three hundred and ten by this morning.
1: Three hundred and ten comments oh, by this
0: morning. Yeah, we asked everybody what was there the book that they couldn't put down. This year, and we had so many different ones, didn't we? I mean, I liked in particular Doris because Doris said, "I love this post, especially as I work in a library." So I think libra- yeah. librarian Doris knows what she's talking about. She suggested you'd like I, to be
1: a librarian, wouldn't you, <laughs> Trish? Think I would. Literally, literally. you're perfect. I,
0: job, I could do that. It? Nice and quiet, and organised, and interesting. bossing but, the books into <laughs> their
1: places. <laughs> colour coding some, alphabetical oh, with some. <laughs> I know, I'd
0: love it. i love it. Looking at all the book covers. Yeah, But she says, some books that I've never heard of, that she's going to, She suggested are Side Splitter by Phil Wang, Malibu Rising by Taylor Jenkins Reid, which was she said was fun and trashy, but with a lot of heart. And then Animal by Lisa Tedeo, which Ooh, of course we had we Lisa had on, on the podcast earlier this year. And that is, Doris says, bonkers and brutal, but also very funny, which is probably quite a, a succinct little snapshots of of that book I think there were some
1: really lovely suggestions and lots of books I'd forgotten actually I haven't read The Kite Runner Actually, oh, but really? that came oh up quite a okay. lot. Um, uh, Great Expectations was mentioned a, a few lot. times. A um, American Dirt. And then Bernadine Evaristo's Girl, Woman, Other came up a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and a book came up that I thought I was perhaps the only person who'd read this book. Um, myself and a friend, my friend Anne-Marie, um, it's called The Night Circus by Eric Morgenstern, which is just mm-hmm. such an extraordinary book. It was just it stayed with me for such a long I time because like it was so visual.
0: It, but I can't remember it. Tell me what what it's it about?
1: about a magic world that sort mm-hmm. of exists and it's a love story and not a love story and you can't work out what's real. It's it's about an actual circus and flitting in and out of these spots. It's a little bit like Daphne de Morio's Trabar with Strand where a man accidentally takes a drug that takes him right back in oh, time and okay. he keeps finding this place. It's quite extraordinary. Um I really like The Vanishing Half by Brit yes. Bennett which came up a few times. Um Hamlet obviously came up mm-hmm. the uh, Maggie O'Farrell one. That list on uh Facebook is extraordinary and I would urge anyone who's not yes. a member to go and have a look because it'll get, that's your list for next year. Um Yeah. Basically. And there was a lovely post by someone who said she was so addicted to reading that she went on a hen night. And after the, the drunken shenanigans of the night out at 4 a.m., she got into bed and got her book out to read. Oh, <laughs> she couldn't bear doing a day without reading.
0: Oh, calms you down, doesn't it? It's lovely it does. to calm down after the mad hen night. I like that. I have been doing quite well on the audio books, I have to say. Mm. So I think because that's going, going about your business and listening to them. And I really like I like biographies. And the one that really stood out for me this year was Sinead O'Keefe. Connors' rememberings because she is just a fascinating person who's had the most unusual uh, challenging uh, difficult life and you know she's just a woman who has never abided by any of the rules that are set yeah. for women and I just saw you know her story about her sort of childhood trauma and uh, an abuse combined with What she thinks is a sort of brain injury that's kind of caused her to be like she is very interesting. Very good. I'm looking forward
1: to that. I liked, Mm. um, also like Deborah Levy's Real Estate, which Mm. was her final book in the trilogy. I have been listening to Hattie Chrysell's podcast in writing, which is really good. Um, So it's about how writers write. So that's Curtis Sittenfeld, um, Graham Norton was on it, Mm -hmm. but it tells you about the process and what they were thinking of when they were writing the book. So if you are really into writing and reading, it's a really brilliant one to look at. Um, and something else that came up on the Facebook group trip, did you know about BorrowBox app? I didn't, but I am intrigued. Well, this is brilliant. It's the, a library app, basically. And hmm. if your local library um, is a member, you can join it and you get e- uh, audiobooks and e oh. for free, which you borrow, which I think is absolutely brilliant. And you can do it for kids' oh. books as well. And also, I'm going to get you one of these. I've got oh. a advent calendar <gasps> for Christmas, Ooh. Trish, that is a book advent calendar. Oh,
0: I like the sound of that.
1: Um, Bookish Kingdom Club on mm-hmm. Etsy Um They're secondhand books. They're all wrapped in recyclable paper um, and they're donated. And you basically get um, a book for your 12 days of Christmas. It's a bit random, so you don't know what you're getting. There is a blog called Bonafide Bookworm, um, which has a really great list of wrapped book advent calendars, Mm -hmm. which I think you would like. And also the Mr. Men books come as advent calendars. Oh, that's so sweet.
0: Yes. And probably better than bits of chocolate, and better than bits of plastic tat or, exactly. or lots of gazillions of beauty products, maybe that you don't need. A book advent calendar, I like it. That's yes. going to get me back. back I'm going to get the, the nation
1: reading, starting get
0: me with you. reading. Yes.
2: <laughs> Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it.
0: Now it's time to meet this week's special guest who is going to be answering those all important fashion questions such as, which shape of jeans will suit you best if you're a size 14, can you wear print with colour, what shoes will work with a calf length skirt and is leopard print really a neutral? Yes, joining us today is style expert Erica Davies, whose straight talking blog and Instagram account have made her one of the most popular style makers in the UK. Having worked for 20 years in fashion journalism at national newspapers and women's magazines, Erica knows the high street inside out. But in 2014, she took a gamble to leave the media industry and focus her efforts into her social channels, and it certainly paid off. Since then, she has amassed more than 150,000 followers on Instagram who look to her vibrant, colorful and uplifting style and interiors posts for practical advice and inspiration, more of which can be found in her book, Leopard is a Neutral. And she has also collaborated on a number of homes and fashion lines for retailers such as John Lewis and QVC2. Now 45, Erica is married to James, who runs his own PR company, whom she met when they both worked at the Sun newspaper. And they live in Suffolk with their two children, Charlie, aged 11 and nine-year-old Lila. So if you've ever found yourself in a style rut or just want to try something new, you've come to the right place. Welcome to Postcards from Midlife, Erica. Thank you. You so much for asking me. I am absolutely thrilled to be here. So we're gonna start by asking you how you would describe your personal style. And maybe you could sort of talk about that by telling us what you're wearing today and what made you choose this particular outfit uh, when you got up this morning. Well, I think my personal style has really changed since
2: leaving office work. So I've been freelance probably for the best part of eight years now and it's really changed and I think I was very definite in my role and my uniform for dressing at work and it's taken me quite a long time to find my kind of at home style. I mean lockdown has sent me down another spiral where loungewear has been my absolute favourite thing but at the moment today I am wearing a jumper from Crush Kashmir, some jersey trousers from John Lewis and my Birkenstocks and socks. Just oh. very comfortable. I'm at home all day, I'm doing admin I've just dropped something off that my son's forgotten at school. You know, it's just one of those sort of mm-hmm. at home days. So yes, it really does depend. I would say normally I'm slightly bohemian. I'm definitely more maximalist than minimalist. I love a Scandi look. I can appreciate it. It's just never going to be me.
0: <laughs> yes, so not, not the minimalist. And we should just say that this isn't just any old cashmere jumper. It is a beautiful sort of gray, Ty-dyed. ombre, yeah. tie dye kind of looking. <laughs> which works very well with your bright red lipstick, I have to say. It's very good, very good.
1: In your book, you say leopard is a neutral, which is a very fashion-y thing to say. And you also say, which I love you can wear sequins every day. You're very joyful and confident about fashion, and it's very much about not sticking to rules, isn't it? So if I'm a listener shaking my head saying I absolutely cannot wear sequins on the school run this morning, what do you say to convince those people who are slightly fearful of
2: coming out of their kind of fashion rut? I think that's a, that's such a good question because I think dressing joyfully means different things to different people so for me it might involve a bit of sequins or a little bit of embroidery or a vintage coat or something leopard print but for somebody else it might just be you know a little rainbow pair of ribbon or on your uh, laces or it might be putting something different in your hair like you know trying out different clips I think it could just be putting a slick of lipstick on because that will instantly lift you and lift your mood and make you feel like you've made an effort, even if you're wearing pyjamas under a puffer coat. I think dressing joyfully means different things to different people. And what I really am trying to express in the book, whatever you feel good in, you will show that to the world. So it doesn't really matter what it is as long as it makes you feel good. So when you say leopard is
1: a neutral, I get what you mean. You can wear it with black, you can wear it with other colours, you can wear it in other colours, can't you? It doesn't have to be the traditional leopard. So what would you wear leopard with in your day-to-day going about your business?
2: Depends on the leopard. So like you say, if it's a colour, then I might wear it with a similar print or a similar pattern in the same colours. I'm so sorry about the dog. Can, I don't know if you can hear this? <laughs> she's
1: she's disagreeing with your leopard print. She's saying <laughs> talking movies? about cats.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm very very happy to wear leopard print with other prints and patterns. I think as long as the tones and the colours match, you can right. really have fun with it. So if I was to wear a leopard print coat, for example, I might pick out those colours in a striped top or a polka dot blouse. I think Bretons go with anything. So if you've got a brown and just Stripe, don't you, with oh, bretons Yeah, mm. exactly. I'd wear that with a leopard coat and maybe just some plain trousers. And what about colour? Because most of my career I just wore black
1: because it was just, you know, I'm five foot two. I didn't want to get too engaged with the trends because so much was expected of a magazine editor. I thought the easy way to deal with this is to just wear black. Obviously, last year when I left my job and uh, lockdown happened, I opened my wardrobe and there was a tonne of black. So I thought, <laughs> hang on, I'm going to wear colour. And you wore a brilliant green coat yesterday with a purple sweater, which I would never have worked worked brilliantly. How do you get your mindset into wearing colour? Where do you start? You know, people always told me blonde should never wear red because it would be draining, but I love red. I wear a lot of red now. Where do you start as a kind of in your day-to-day life as for one of our listeners on wearing colour?
2: I would also agree with you that when I was a fashion editor, all I wore was black because I could go to Zara or any number of high street stores and put things together in black and it would always look expensive or it would look like designer you know something that I couldn't necessarily wear but it wouldn't be a nod to the fact that I knew what I was talking about and what was fashionable and I was exactly the same as you it took me until leaving before I realized that actually that was a kind of work uniform Mm -hmm. and it made me feel protected and safe in that space but actually it wasn't very me and I think my advice to anybody who wants to start wearing color would be to start with something really really small And it's the same as, you know, if you're decorating a room, if there's a cushion you like, something will come from that. You might like all the colors in the cushions and you might think, well, I love that particular shade of blue. So I'll do that on the walls, but I love the way that it works with that pink and that yellow. And that makes me feel really positive and happy and uplifted. And I think it's exactly the same for fashion. I think it comes down to, I love that green. The green of that coat is the the colour I've got on my stairs. It's the colour I'm sort of naturally attracted to, I think. And I just love those vibrant sort of dopamine colour hits with other strong colours. There are some colours that I wouldn't put with it, that it might look a bit too much. But I think if you match strong with strong it's always going to look really impactful. It's sort of a process of elimination. I've spent 20 years putting things together on fashion shoots. So I do have slightly more confidence, I think when it comes to putting things together. You're fair with blonde hair, what colors wouldn't you wear? So I don't look particularly good in pastels. I like autumnal colours. So I like those khakis. I like the sludgy sort of khakis, oranges, even brown. Now I'm talking more autumnal. In the summer, I'm much more kind of hot pink, hot orange. I like really bright like hot house colors and then autumnal colors but I'm not very good with pastels and actually I'm not very good with black anymore I much prefer oh, navy no.
1: I yeah think see navy is like, a brilliant alternative isn't it so if you start with navy you can gradually go into then maybe a big bright blue as well graduate yourself do
2: you sort of Clash prints with colour as well, which I love doing that. It's confidence, isn't it? It's confidence and it's practising. And I think, you know, while we're at home so much and we still are, I think that's that's a really good idea is to just try things on in the privacy and the safety of your own bedroom, see how they make you feel. And then just it's baby steps. Just maybe put a scarf on with something that might be clashing or put a pair of shoes on with something that might be clashing and just see how that feels. And stop worrying about what other people think.
0: Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. As anyone who's worked in fashion will know, getting the foundations right is so key, isn't it? With the right underwear, shapewear, and tights. I um, mean, that's your kind of building blocks. Especially so in midlife, when the old dreaded muffin top can be extra hard to shift. What are your go-to pieces and brands for the right shapewear, underwear, and tights? Well, can I let you into a secret? I mm-hmm. ditched the shapewear and
2: I feel oh, did you? so much better about myself. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I've definitely, you know, lockdown hasn't helped. Also, I turned 45 a couple of weeks ago. I am definitely noticing lumps and things where they weren't before. actually you know what can we do (laughs) what can we do (laughs) what could we 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 could do wild swimming Lorraine yes
1: yeah that's not going to change your shape I can put that out there after five years of
0: experimenting Mm -hmm. with it my (laughs) research has shown Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) but if you Um, were someone who wanted to wear shapewear because you've obviously tried it all where do you get that from?
2: I like big knickers. So I'm a mm-hmm. big fan of big knickers, ones that come right up. But right. I think you can get great ones from places like MS and John Lewis because they, they sell such a huge range of stock. I love heist types and they also mm. do shapewear, which are fantastic. I think anything with that high waistband is going to instantly make you feel pulled in. So always look for that. I'm not a big fan of the kind of G string type. <laughs> I, I like. No. The- pair of pants. And I'm also not a huge fan of the, the big long cycling short types. Again, it goes back to that comfort thing. And if you're not comfortable, you're going to feel awkward, and it's going to affect the way you're sitting. But if you know that you feel supported around your middle, in my opinion, that really helps. It just helps you sort of sit better and feel more pulled in. So I would go for a very high, like for content, tight. That's Mm. what I would always Mm. go for. And
0: Heist, it's not cheap, is it? I mean, I've Uh, got some of their pieces and it is, they're really long lasting. They really do a great job, don't they?
2: They do. And it's better if you give them a quick rinse by hand rather than put them in the washing machine, which can be a bit of a faff. But Mm -hmm. I think if you are spending that kind of money and you know that they work, it's worth looking after them.
1: What about, bras. I spend my life saying I'm going to get new bras and then I spend my life looking at thousands of them and thinking what well, I don't understand what am I going to because I've stopped wearing padded bras. Yes me too. Should anyone care but it's
2: <laughs> where do you get your underwear? A variety of places but I go back and rebuy the same ones and I'm incredibly boring. I like nude coloured or skin toned t-shirt bras minimal padding if anything at all I always go for the m and t-shirt bra I love Triumph they've got some great seam-free bras which are quite supportive and they look quite old-fashioned but once they're on they're surprisingly sexy mm-hmm. and I also love if you wanted a bit Get of Trish bottom. some of them
0: I could do with that,
2: definitely. She's surprisingly sexy. Mm, Once you get to know her. That's all of us. We can be surprisingly sexy. And I also love a small brand called Dora Larson, who does amazing, bright, jewel colored pieces. And she takes her inspiration, I think, from the kind of 50s hourglass shape. So it's big knickers, but beautiful colours with different colored edging and beautiful bras. They're lovely, lovely pieces. If anyone looks at your
1: lovely Instagram page, I would say you are probably mostly sponsored in a dress. That's Mm -hmm. one of your favourite things to wear. So we are heading into autumn, winter. Dresses are a big search. Where should our listeners in midlife of all different shapes and sizes look for the right dresses? So I can't wear a big dress because I look like I'm a small child wearing mum's clothes. So
2: how do we find what
1: fits works for us?
2: I think it depends where you want to wear them. So whether it's for work or whether it's for kind of shopping on a Saturday or whether it's for going out I'm so sorry about the dog um what's a dog wants own show (laughs) you know what I've left her in the kitchen and it's when a courier or the postman comes. Yes. anyway dresses are my absolute favorite thing I've always collected them but it really does depend on the kind of styles you like and at the moment it's very voluminous styles if you can't wear those then look for the styles that would suit you which would be a little bit more fitted it's like nipped in at the waist and on the high street at the moment I think places like Arquette, Haas have got some beautiful kind of knitted dresses with wrapped sashes around the middle don't just think about cotton cord is really fashionable at the moment and I love cord I know very cozy got that sort of touch of old Laura Ashley Heritage, which I quite like. And interestingly, I spent my whole life looking at high street fashion, but now as a 45 year old woman, I'm much more interested in supporting independent brands. And I think there right. are so many brilliant brands doing dresses at the moment. So people like Serafina London, Ray Feather, Cabbages and Roses, who I recently discovered, even though they've been going for years, but their women's wear stuff is amazing. Pink City Prints, all of these kind of brands, they do amazing, amazing pieces in lots of different styles. But what about lengths for dresses? Because I quite like a. I guess you'd call it three-quarter length. halfway down the calf,
1: isn't it? What lengths work well for different sizes and shapes?
2: It's about getting the proportions right. So the amount of leg at the bottom that is on show is key. So with you, you'd want to show a little bit more. Whereas I'm very happy, even though I'm only five foot five, I'm quite happy showing very little. (laughs) Just a flash of ankle for me works fine. And also it depends on your heel height. So if you're going to wear flats, you're going to want to think about that proportional balance. And that comes with trying lots on. I don't want to talk about rules because it all comes back to how you feel. I think probably the three of us actually have spent our lives talking about rules and sharing and all of that (laughs) stuff. But I think fashion should be something that you feel. And if you put something on and it feels right that's the feeling yeah. you should be aiming
0: for. Now in midlife I mean how relieved are we that the whole dress and trainer thing became a thing <laughs> you know trainers they're so comfortable and, and you know wearing the dress with trainers is is a real look isn't it It's quite yeah. a sort of staple casual style but if you can't or don't want to wear trainers you yeah. still want to be comfortable and not too formal what would be your go-to suggestion? Well a flat boot mm. I think always works
2: so and chunky flat ankle boots at the moment are everywhere I mean you can get them from Zara to H&M to more expensive you know Bottega versions Mm -hmm. but um, and they look great because they are trendy without being too try hard with a really pretty floaty floral dress for example they'll make it look a bit tougher and it will Mm -hmm. be more practical for day wear but I also have recently discovered fit flop and mm-hmm. I always thought that they were about sandals. But I went on their site the other day because a very, very stylish friend of mine was wearing a pair of clogs from... Um, I say, clogs, Trish. Trough. And I said, are they the Prada clogs? And she said, no, they're a big So I went online and I had a look and they've got the most beautiful kind of fold back ballet flat, but with a bit of a square toe. They're just super practical. So I bought myself some.
0: Oh, you know we're going straight after this interview.
2: <laughs> and M&S had something similar: the almond toe ballet flats, which were in the softest leather, and they had beautiful colours like butter yellow and, mm-hmm. and lilac and these gorgeous colors that you don't often see and I think they're really practical mm. go for something like a chunky brogue with a lace-up you know kind of like a quite a mannish brogue I think I, that always looks great mm. just back to boots though what about lengths of boots because I quite like an over-the-knee one but then I feel a bit like Dick Turpin if I do that <laughs> what's your advice on boot length again it's it's proportional to how tall you are so I, a lot of people struggle with knee highs because of that issue. You know, they kind of go over the knee or they're not quite high enough if you're tall. So I've just done a range with John Lewis. We
0: have. We have. All my friends are buying them like mad. They love them. Yeah, fantastic. They look great. So, how did you go about designing these boots then? Well, I was struggling
2: myself. So, I am a size 14, wouldn't say I have huge calves. However, I've always had an issue trying to find. Boots on the high street that fit. And I knew exactly the kind of boots I wanted. And I'd go in and I'd look at them and think, well, they might work. They might work. And then they'd always stop halfway through. And I did some research. And generally, high street boot calf widths are 38 centimeters. My calf widths are 40 centimeters. So it's two centimeters, but that makes such a massive difference. Mm -hmm. And I put it out to the insta world and I just said look I can't be the only person experiencing this problem all I want in life is a pair of leopard print high-heeled boots Um, so much to um, ask it's not much to ask it's not I mean first world problems but that's what I really needed in my wardrobe couldn't find any and I had I've never had such huge feedback people sharing really moving stories actually about the fact that they had to be cut out of pairs in stores and they've never done again how you know shop assistants told were quite rude to them and just said maybe you need to go and look next door at the extra large outside you know all all these awful stories were coming through I thought this isn't a problem to do with women this is a shop issue they're not talking to these women who have got the money And who want to buy these boots. So I did this huge presentation and I had done a project with John Lewis last year and I went back to them and said, look, this is my research. This is what's currently available. This is what we're after. What do you think? And they went away and thought about it and came back. So, yes, it's their most inclusive half width sized collection that they've ever done and it's sold so well
0: mm. well congratulations oh, that's really that's great. really good and that's Thank the kind you. of power of what you're doing and the power of of social media and women's voices really saying it's not good enough because I think the average size dress size women is is actually 16 in the UK isn't it and I don't think most of the brands are aiming specifically at that no they're
2: definitely not but it's
0: With regards to the boots, it's not actually just
2: a size issue. Because I was getting messages from women who are size 8, size 10, but who have done gymnastics or have swum or have danced all their lives and and do have strong calves. They were having the same issues. It was a a huge issue that just wasn't being addressed. Mm -hmm. That's brilliant. Well done for doing that. Now, you're 45 now then. So
1: in midlife, one of the things, and it comes up again and again on our Facebook group among that lovely community, is I want to change my look, my body's changing, I feel different, my hair's changing, I want to change everything. And I always think, where do you start with that? Because you can't just get rid of it all and say, well, it doesn't suit me anymore. What's the way to build a midlife capsule wardrobe? Well, where did you
2: start when you opened it and you had all that black?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just went the to the charity shops and just started buying bright colours. I mean, some work, some do not.
2: (laughs) I think it's a similar way to looking at it. If you wanted to completely revamp your wardrobe, Mm. and I've talked about it a lot in the book, actually, because there's lots of times of your life, particularly as a woman, you know, when if you've just had a baby and you feel slightly strange and slightly alien, and your body doesn't feel really feel like it belongs to you, or if you've started a new job and you're not really sure the direction you want to go in or how you want to present yourself at work, and the advice that I give and that I've always given to my friends who are in that situation is put a rail out in your bedroom if you haven't got space for a rail use a picture rail use a top of a wardrobe anything and for a week or two just keep track of what it is that you are wearing so if you're wearing you know your, your jumper and your trousers hang those up on that rail or on the, the picture le- ledge every single day look at what you're constantly going back to so look if you're you know on a Monday if you've worn a jumper and then you want to wear it again on a Wednesday see how many times you're doing that the other idea is that you could turn it around turn the hang around in your wardrobe so it's obviously you know the piece that you're right. referring to by the end of the two weeks or the one week you will have a capsule so you will see exactly what it is that you're wearing regularly what the pieces are that give you comfort the coat that you constantly want to wear and then go from there. So look at that as the building block of your wardrobe and then look at, at what you want to wear on top of that. So whether that be, you know, you quite fancy or, you know, you could maybe wear a little leather skirt with that jumper and I quite fancy that. and I could wear that with my flat boots or my trainers and and just go from that point. So start with your wardrobe and see what it is you're wearing all the time. And then see what it is you'd like to wear and then sell everything else, put it in the charity shop, put it on eBay, put it on Depop, get rid of stuff that you just haven't worn for ages.
1: But it's hard to say goodbye. I always have these things. I've got a really lovely black designer jacket with sequins on the um, shoulders. And I haven't worn it now, for, I would say probably for five years, but I, I don't know why, but I can't let go of it. Mm. <laughs> I can't say goodbye to it. It's really hard to get it out without
2: thinking I might need that one day, isn't it? I, I, I struggle with that. But you also, do you think about passing things down to your children? Mm. You know, would your daughters like that? jacket. They just want the bags. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the same and I've got really sentimental pieces and and samples from shoots that the press office didn't want back and that never actually made it into the shop but I personally love them and they remind me of that part of my yeah. life. So, And you know YouTube must be exactly the same because you would have been gifted or sent or bought beautiful yeah. things. And I just think maybe there's a little section in your wardrobe that you can have the sentimental stuff, but just don't let
0: that be the majority of the wardrobe. And what about jeans? Do you wear jeans, Erica? No. You I don't, really don't, do you? So because we get asked so many times about jeans. And maybe did there come a point where you just thought, I I'm just giving up on the jeans. Yeah, it's too hard. There did. There did
2: come a point, And it's one of the questions that I get asked a lot. And in mm. fact, I've had recently weirdly and I haven't mentioned it for ages I've had loads of messages on Instagram from women who've said Do you know what? I took your lead I just stopped wearing jeans and I looked for other alternatives so I love you know kind of boyfriend chinos or that I can turn up and I can wear with my trainers I like jersey trousers that I can wear a big jumper with there's lots of other examples of trousers, casual trousers that I much prefer and I just feel more comfortable in. I'm quite pear shaped, well, very pear shaped now. (laughs) And I just don't think they particularly suit me. And I just Mm -hmm. don't feel comfortable in them but lots of women look great and it's their go to so i think it's about trying to find that shape and maybe just not necessarily going for the skinny look at all the different styles that you can you can
0: try yeah.
2: on i would suggest mm. going somewhere like john lewis personal stylist or selfridges or somewhere you know nationwide that has a variety of brands and just book in because those services are free and actually you could just have a private booth with somebody saying, try this size, or could I try Mm -hmm. that size and just have lots of them and then just find your perfect fit.
0: Yeah,
1: It's funny, isn't it? Because I think a lot of listeners will say that, that they wouldn't consider a personal shopper or they bat away people when they are shopping and someone says, can I help you? And I, we always advise this, Trish and I, say yes when someone says, because they know the whole collection okay. and you're not under any obligation to buy. If you're going to change your wardrobe, you might as well spend a couple of hours in John Lewis or wherever local um, to you with a personal
2: shopper looking at everything. Exactly. And I think maybe that's what stops people is that they feel that there's an expectation that they have to spend thousands of pounds because they're changing things up. That's just not the case. Even if you go away with a pair of gloves or a new bra, it's dipping your toe in and just letting somebody else help you now we have changed the way we shop I very rarely buy anything
1: new anymore because my teenage uh, daughters will kill me if I do that Um, I do a lot of vintage shopping I shop online I'm very aware though that I know what I'm looking for because I've spent years in the industry and I get advance notice of the sites and I've signed up to all the newsletters what's your advice for women who want to shop vintage because with vintage you can go a little bit higher in quality can't you I buy a lot of designer stuff that would be a similar price to particularly coats and things to new high street how do you navigate that world as someone who does the volume of shopping that you do and styling
2: it's about quality it's about knowing what you're looking for it's about being really really specific so if you're on ebay for example online it's great to sign up to or follow on instagram particular sellers I've got highlight about vintage sellers on Instagram because there are so many small brands doing that and doing it brilliantly and they'll create capsule edits. So they might do a coat edit or a cashmere edit or a Christmas jumper edit, you know, anything. They'll they'll kind of have edited that for you because vintage is very difficult and it's much easier if you're smaller, I think, often to buy vintage whereas I've named quite a few who do bigger sizes as well. That might be worth checking out. But I would definitely say look for the quality, be really, really specific and ask loads of questions. Don't be afraid to go back to the seller and ask for more photos, more questions, all the measurements, because you just don't know. You know, a size 10 vintage is not a size 10 now. So it's just making sure that you know what what it is you're looking for
0: now the nature of your work means that you have an awful lot of clothes I mean I particularly love the pictures you post of your bedroom being really messy you slide across the the photo (laughs) the perfect photo and then you've got all the clothes on the bed and all the mess how on earth do you keep track of your clothes how do you edit how do you transition through the seasons and and what do you do with your stuff when you're finished with it right
2: well I have got a lot of clothes I try to be as ruthless as possible I'm constantly editing and editing and editing I'll say no to a lot of things I'm very in a very lucky position where a lot of brands will obviously want me to wear something because it's a marketing thing for them and it gets their name out there. And I only say yes to the ones that I know I will repeat where, and I will get a lot of love from, but I'm also very lucky that I've got a little walk in Wardrobe in my room. It's not huge. And I'm just about to redo this, which I'm incredibly excited about because we have lived in this house for six years and not touched our bedroom. So my clothes have been spread out across two rooms. So I tend to do it seasonally and I will change over. So I will pack some of things away and put them away. Until next year. How Um, do you do that? Do you just vacuum seal them in a suitcase in the loft? How does it work? Do you put a load of of moth stuff in? Chest of drawers in the spare bedroom. I roll everything or vacuum pack it and then I have moth balls and it's all kind of closed, sealed, put away. I'm 45, you can tell. I've now bought cashmere bags for my jumpers Mm -hmm. because I was getting a lot of moths and I want to look after them because these are pieces that I will wear and wear and wear for years. It's about investing in better I think for me as well you know like Lorraine I'm much more interested in vintage independent that kind of thing now Mm -hmm. finding the pieces that I think I'm missing and then with regards to getting rid of things that I don't want or I don't wear I will either sell it on there's a great girl on Instagram again called the second row Katie and she will sell on a lot of different clothes for you if not that then I do a lot of charity shop i try and be ruthless a couple of times a year and just clear stuff out otherwise it is it's just overwhelming i think you need someone to do that with you don't you
1: i, I just i get it out put it on the bed and i fall in love with it all again i know <laughs> <laughs> an idiot prisha's I got a I walk-in know. wardrobe it's palatial it's like JLo's. los <laughs> so no, it's, it's not. not got stacked ladders you know <gasps> fabulous
0: in my dreams in my (laughs) dreams oh my goodness no well
1: talk to me about buying things online because so so this is a conundrum isn't it it's but it's don't have to go shopping what a relief don't have to get in the car don't have to do that and then it arrives and I think but I'm a size 10 why is it enormous on me and I think how do you work out the sizing online what what tips have you got for us on that
2: I think that's a really tricky one that's the sort of million dollar question yeah Every high street brand is different. And a size 10 in M&S is going to be different to a size 10 in H&M is going to be different to Whistles. It's all different. So I think the best thing, again, is just to go and try on in each store something and then have that idea in your head. It's also about I wouldn't get hung up on sizing because. I personally prefer slightly oversized jumpers, for example. I'm not a kind of tight little jumper person. So I would always go up a size anyway. And I think a a fashion editor once said that to me that, you know, with coats and jumpers and things always always go bigger, because it just looks a bit more chic. (laughs) (laughs) Trying on working out which brand is comes up small. There's no science to it. Unfortunately, it's just doing the legwork and trying things on. We've got the other million dollar question. now. (laughs) So
1: the seasons change. We want a list now from you. Autumn, winter. Where are you going for nice autumn, winter? Affordable things that are listeners would think are modern and, you know, add a bit of, we're going to say zhuzh, Trish. What sort of prices are we talking? I think we probably need to stick around, you know, 100, 200, that kind of thing. I mean, it depends on the the item, just that kind of, I've got to go shopping this afternoon.
2: Where am I going for autumn, winter? Well, more winter, really, I guess, now. We're in the deep of it. Well, I'm obsessed with coats coats for me they are your statement that's your outfit in one piece so if you can get a great coat it really doesn't matter you can be super minimal underneath if you've Mm. got this amazing coat on and at the moment I think cars are doing amazing coats jigsaw whistles it's that's slightly more expensive but also have a look at H&M for their kind of neutral colors so the sort of grays the grays the beige the browns and go up a size I would say a chunky flat pair of boots. And I would say a cashmere crew neck jumper in a berry color because maroon is everywhere mm-hmm. at the moment. And I wouldn't necessarily even go um, high street for that. I would look at vintage pieces for that. Look mm-hmm. for, you know, vintage men's M&S jumpers in cashmere and things like that online. Just make sure that they don't have any mothballs. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, that's the problem. Bring a
1: plague of moths into the house. <laughs> so Trish is going to be going to all the parties. Oh, Christmas. She's it's all such a gadfly. She's yeah. out and about. Mm. Where am I sending little Trish for her giddy party dress? <laughs> her, her super sexy sequins. Slinky.
0: I'm going to be doing a rumba, I imagine, in this dress. I love
2: ASOS edition. I think they're brilliant at sequins and coordinated suits, you know, kind of the tops with the sequin skirts. I've mentioned Whistles a lot, but they've actually been very clever this year and all of their sequined pieces are recycled. So there might be people have got a bit of an issue with buying sequins because, you know, they are plastic and have a think about sort of vintage pieces or secondhand pieces and look online for or go somewhere like Whistles where It's all recycled. But yeah, I think... um, H&M is brilliant for those warehouse have got this fantastic range of Christmas jumpers which has just launched and they're very stylish. Warehouse at the moment are having a bit of a, a moment. I think their dresses are great.
0: Mhm. And what are you going to be wearing for the Christmas party season?
2: Well I've just invested in a, a red cord cabbages and roses dress which I love. Also love Essential Antwerp. She's off again. Um, what's her name stevie oh stevie go on stevie let it get it all out tell them what you think (laughs) she doesn't appreciate that i'm doing a podcast Mm. essential (laughs) work are fantastic for party wear a bit more pricey though lovely investment and for plus sizes or curve ranges
1: where do you
2: recommend. I mean, how do you shop if you're a bigger size? ASOS curve are fantastic and they often just go from the the main collection and it's just bigger sizes and versions maybe with a, a slightly more v-neck line right. or, you know, slightly more dropped waist. So definitely that. I think Mango's great for their plus sizes. They've just looked at addressing that actually. And they used to have a separate brand and now they've put it all into the one brand. Oh. Places like Kin at John Lewis, I always recommend because they're really modern pieces that have, that I think it goes up to a size 24.
1: And what about your midlife journey? We haven't asked you about that yet. We've been so obsessed with the fashion.
2: I know, so much great um, information. Do you know what the perimenopause is, Erica? I do, I think I'm absolutely in it. <laughs> in fact, I I went, for, I went took myself off to the doctors the other day for a blood test because I'm just not feeling myself at all. But obviously, until you're in full menopause, the, nothing comes out. Mm-hmm. So they have to kind of trust you. So I've been referred to a menopause clinic and hopefully I will be able to go and discuss. Mm-hmm. Does it feel good to be able to talk about it? Because I mm-hmm. think probably if I'd asked you two years
1: ago, you wouldn't have known, would you?
2: I wouldn't have known and I would have been hiding the fact that I would be going through it and I would have been slightly anxious about it and maybe you know oh I can't really talk about that because maybe brands will think I'm too old to be working for them and there's all of those thoughts which is just ridiculous I absolutely love the fact that it's become such a conversation and women are going through it and in fact I was talking to my husband about this the other day because you think back a few generations ago and these poor women who didn't have any help any support had to keep it all quiet probably going through hell having to work out what was going on with their bodies, you know, sort of being described as battle axes and mm-hmm. and all of these things were going on. And actually now we're in a position where we can say, yeah, this is what's happening and it's not particularly great. And mm-hmm. we, but the fact that we can have a conversation about it is so empowering. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I did not know about the perimenopause until a couple of years ago, be completely honest. I was describing it to a friend the other day and I said, I sort of veer between anxious and arsy half the time. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> <And> I'm, <laughs> not, the... I'm not really sure where, you know, the, the kind of enthusiasm for things is sort of going off slightly. Mm. And I don't want to feel like that. I've got a lovely life and I'm very lucky and I've got two beautiful children and a lovely husband and, you know, all of these things are lovely, but I just feel flat. Yeah. And so I just want to sort that out because I don't want to, I don't think we need to put up with it anymore.
0: No, and it's great that you recognize that what that's what it is because so many women just don't. And uh, for you to be able to pinpoint it and say, I think this is the perimenopause, feeling yeah. that flatness and that anxiety uh, slash rage curve is <laughs> something. But listen, we just want to know finally, how do you look after yourself and how do you have fun? Uh, well, uh, we've got Stevie during lockdown. Uh, so Mikey
2: Stevie. <laughs> Not normally, I, I'm so sorry. Um what is Stevie? What 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 She She's an Australian Labrador, so she's basically a big fluff ball. She's gorgeous. I adore her. She's and she's oh. mine. She's mine. <laughs> um But yeah, she has brought such joy to us all. And we, we moved out of London six years ago. So we live in North Essex, right on the Suffolk border, which is gorgeous. And so I dropped my daughter off. My son recently, well, in September, he started secondary school, which was a massive milestone. (laughs) Can't quite believe I'm old enough to have a secondary school (laughs) child. But anyway, so he takes himself off now and I will drop my daughter off and then Stevie and I will go for quite a long walk, so about 40 minutes an hour most mornings, which I love. I've also started seeing a personal trainer because I needed to um, do something. Fundamentally, left to my own devices, I am incredibly lazy and I would be very happy, you know, watching Netflix and doing mm-hmm. a bit of admin every now and then. That that would be me. Um, but I need to push myself to do things. I'm certainly not a wild swimmer Lorraine, I'm
0: sorry to say. We're a <laughs> a wild dog walker though that's fantastic
2: it it really has helped and some mornings I will take my ear pods and I will listen to a podcast but most of the time I just go with my clear head and come back then I have my shower then I kind of get ready for the day and it it just puts me into much more positive mood Mm -hmm. in all weather so I've now got all the weather gear and no idea
0: Oh well, Listen, thank you so much, Erica, for joining us. That has been so helpful. I've got a huge list myself of, of where I'm going to be shopping next uh, from your tips and advice. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. thank you so much for having me. It's been lovely.
1: Well, there's been some book chat, some fashion chat, some back chat. <laughs> And now we have reached the part of the show for some back in time chat, Trish. Let's get nostalgia noodling. Where have you been?
0: Oh well, I was prompted watching TV last night. I've been catching up on Benidorm. Have you ever watched Benidorm? No. <laughs> oh, so funny. I kind of like never went there originally, but then I somebody said, oh, you really must watch it. It's very funny. It's like twenty minutes. It's each episode, and it is." May it I is suggest hilarious. that you
1: use this time for your reading mojo? <laughs>
0: Only if you, if it promises to make me laugh as much. And I had such a little moment of joy last night because um, up popped Wendy Richards um, in a little cameo role, playing a right old battleaxe. God battle act. her soul. Lovely, lovely Wendy Richards, and it took me right back to the Pauline Fowler days and remembering how exciting it was when EastEnders launched. Do you remember? It was such a big yes. deal back in 1985. Well, that and does make me feel very old. <laughs> Course, doesn't it? But she was obviously she was Pauline Fowler, mum of Mark and Michelle, with lovely Arthur. Do you remember Arthur and his lovely oh, yes. husband? And I just remember thinking, oh my goodness, Miss Brahms from Are You Being Served is uh, Tucker and Ford. Suzanne from Grange mum. It was just quite a moment. And then I, you know, obviously was thinking about if are you, you watched some Are You Being Served? I did. Yeah. Well, exactly. And the thing was that actually ran till 1985. So she it's, went from it, it's being...
1: unforgivable and inexplicable much of that. but... <laughs> for a long time but
0: <laughs> she went times. from being Foxy Miss Brahms to Battleaxe Pauline Fowler in the same year which is quite remarkable and do you know how, how old she was?
1: I don't know. It's like the Golden Girls. They always say oh, yeah. how old the Golden Girls were. Well, they weren't. They were
0: in their 50s. Well, she was far younger than we are now. I tell you what, when she was wearing those drudgy old cardigans as Pauline, she was 41. What? Wendy Richards was 41 when she started on uh, the on It's so messed Macenders. up. It's so messed up. It's messed out. up. Man, it's I can say messed it. up. Glad to be a midlife woman now <laughs> rather than yes. back in those days. But Wendy Richards, what a star. She was amazing. And uh, that that gave me a lot of pleasure thinking about her last night.
1: Good what for about you. you? Well, I've taken a slightly boring detour back in time, yeah. but um, it was brought on by my quest to buy some white vinegar oh, to yes. try and save the um, environment, having yes. read a lot about COP. 9,010 or whatever it's called so anyway we went green mad in our house mm-hmm. last week because we are going to climate change is going to kill us all so we thought we would try and transform everything and you know how you'd get up on a Saturday morning you just want to transform everything immediately oh, yes <laughs> so I thought I'll get some white vinegar because that's the way to clean none of that mm-hmm. um, those cleaning fluids and as I was looking around I came across do you remember Ajax liquid because I was I trying do. to explain to Queen. my kids what my my mum was shoving down the sink instead of white oh, <laughs> yes. vinegar Souring and
0: was- stuff.
1: I had to explain it to them and then I showed them an advert, which is so funny. You've got to have a look at it. The Mm. Ajax cleans like a white tornado. Wherever you put your mop or wherever you put anything, this massive tornado comes out and cleans it from top to bottom. Anyway, the whole of the escapade on Saturday to be greener just made me really, really cross because Mm. then I thought I'll recycle my soft plastics, you know, my crisp packets and all of Mm. that. And couldn't find anywhere within a 20 mile vicinity that would do that. the same spreads got to the same spreads, and obviously everyone had had the same thing. Oh, and gosh. as I put my little bag of wet plastic, a um, uh, soft plastic, on the top of the bin, all of the other bags all fell exploded down <laughs> and rolled around everywhere so it was started with uh, oh. the, the, to- the tornado in the morning and good intentions and ended with me clutching a bottle of white vinegar that had taken three supermarket oh. visits to get covered in soft plastic crisp
0: packets oh, I mean God. that was my day on Sunday. Oh do you think the white vinegar would work on the sink stains in my house from the G- does work <laughs> yes, <that laughs> it just does it work alright we'll get that on that it smells a bit funky but it does work yes mm. well,
1: that brings us to the end of this week's postcards from midlife new episodes are available to listen to every sunday on your podcast provider and we would really appreciate it if you can make sure
0: to download your episodes because they
1: count on our listener numbers
0: yes so please tell your friends about us we want as many women as possible to join in the midlife conversation which is what our private facebook group is all about so if you're not a member yet do come on over and join in the chat we do ask you just to answer a few membership questions so please make sure that you're answer those in order to be admitted and uh we are coming to the end of this season of the podcast and would love to stay in touch with you before the next season begins in early 2022 and the facebook group is a really good way to do that
1: trish lets you into the facebook group so you do have to answer <laughs> if you answer questions. your questions yes <laughs> you can use the group um to post any feedback on the topics we discuss as well as suggestions for other things that you would like to hear us talk about or celebrities and experts you'd love to hear interviewed we've got a really good list coming at the moment actually yes. I this week um if you want to contact us privately you can email us at hello at postcards from midlife.com or you could put a message on our instagram account postcards
0: from midlife Goodbye. Bye.